0: It's show 59 of the RIM Pro Report. Today, the industry news and Jerry Fry of Priority Archives. This show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. 30 years ago, a software product was born, which was the first commercially available record storage software. Way back then, it was called RS-DOS. This software package introduced barcoding to the ACRC population on a commercial scale. Tim O'Neill, the founder, was told his software would never catch on. Boy, were those who poo-pooed the idea ever wrong. The spirit of leading the industry and developing new cutting-edge opportunities continues to this day at O'Neill. And if you want to learn more about them, you can do that at O'NeillSoft.com. Hey, Let's get this party
1: started, shall we? Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim R- R- Pro Report. The one and only weekly broadcast for the REM support services industry. Bustling with news. Views. Here's what I believe. And the latest updates. That's just them. This show is full of interesting information. Stories. Yes. Important product and service reviews. Yes. And a cast of industry characters included. (laughs) Record center operators. Shred and destruction vendors. Media and electronic vaulters. Scanners and imaging providers. Take note. This show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams.
0: Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm glad you're here. October is here and fall is settling in at least for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. To our friends who listen into the show on a regular basis from the Southern Hemisphere, spring is blooming, and I hope you're enjoying spring. If you're along the middle and you're listening to this show, enjoy your eternal summer. Hey, Jerry Fry is going to be on the show today. Jerry is the founder and president of Priority Courier, Priority Archives and Priority Shred based just outside of Philly, Philadelphia. Uh, He has a cool story about the birth and growth of his company. Uh, I had a chance to sit down with him in the studio a couple of weeks ago and hear his story, and I want to share that one with you today. But before we chat with Jerry, let's catch you up on the most recent industry news. Uh, We've had a few slow weeks in the industry news uh, over the last couple of months, but It's never quiet for long in our world, so here's some of the latest big news. Iron Mountain announced the sale of its New Zealand business unit to Freightways. In this $10 million deal, Freightways, which operates information management services in both New Zealand and Australia, will gain a business expected to produce about $12 million in revenue. Uh, this year with an EBITDA of about 1.5 million in New Zealand Freightways operates under the online security services umbrella and that includes three divisions data security services archive security and security express in Australia Freightways rim operates under three brand names DataBank, archive security and shred X so that's a big deal. Uh, Iron Mountain seems to be divesting some of those international properties based on on the, uh, the shakeup a couple of months ago. Uh, while in some markets, iron's divesting, in others, they are getting more embedded and in they're investing. This week, Iron Mountain announced the opening of one of Europe's largest document scanning and indexing centers. The new centered in Stafford, England, which is north of Birmingham, Uh, Is around a 25,000-square-foot facility and is reported to be able to deliver up to 250 million documents per year if they're at full capacity. Iron Mountain actually receives customer mail, including invoices, application forms, HR files, and the like, where it is all pre-sorted, prepared, and digitized. Uh, So, uh, Iron uh, making some big investments in Europe. Cornerstone, uh, never out of the news for too long, announced the acquisition of DuPont Archives in Bristol, Connecticut. This expands Cornerstone's New England footprint and brings Cornerstone's acquisition count to 19 since June of 2008. So those are the big uh, the big news, but this one's interesting. Alpine Bank, headquartered in Belvedere, Illinois, reports that a one-day shredding event it held with paper recovery services... Uh, from uh, Loves Park, Illinois, and Iron Mountain has broken the Guinness World Record for the most paper shredded in one day. The bank says that a total of 253,318 pounds of paper were shredded on the September 10th event. This was nearly triple the previous record of 87,000 pounds of paper shredded in a single day earlier in the year. The community shred days event were held at the three alpine banks in the illinois cities of rockford belvedere and roscoe this event also included paper shredding at paper recovery corps facility in loves park illinois you know i love about this story and why i told it to you is because yes a lot of people are doing shred days these days it's just part of the the scenery in the shred industry But what I love about what Alpine Bank did in cooperation with Iron and Paper Recovery Services is actually do something to break a record. And when you do those kind of things, the news gets interested. And it's a great way to build publicity and press. So uh, good on Alpine Bank and uh, the others for being involved in that. Hey, and that's all for this week. If you have any news you want to share, if you're selling your company and want me to announce it before it goes public, drop me a line. If you are about to acquire recall, because apparently nobody has yet, then hey, let me know. Best place to do that is right here on the RimPro Report. Well, I am going to queue up that interview with Jerry Fry, so hang on a second, we'll be right back. <laughs> And uh, we're back. We're uh, actually sitting across the table with Jerry Fry, who is the president of Priority Archives. Hey, it's good to have you on the show today. Ah, Great to be here. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your story. As I've watched your company over the years, it seems like, you know, you were in one area and all of a sudden you're this big company. So tell me a little bit of the story of of how did Priority Archives, uh, your whole business enterprise, blossom and flourish. Where did it start?
2: Well, it started with uh, actually my... My roommate in college, Drexel University, Uh, he was a basketball player and I was a soccer player. Uh, We both transferred into Drexel. Uh, He went to the Naval Academy, and uh, he realized he could not compete against David Robinson, so he (laughs) transferred uh, to Drexel. Uh, I didn't know him at the time. I went to University of Delaware, played soccer there, and it was on a soccer scholarship there, and uh, I really wanted to go to an inner-city school, so I transferred to Drexel on a soccer scholarship. And because we were both transferees from different schools and my soccer coach was in charge of uh, student housing uh, for athletes, he said, well, there's basketball was more important than soccer. So they had 15 guys on the team and 14 were already hooked up together, so right. they had an extra guy and that was Rob Johnstone. So they hooked us up as a chemistry experiment. and said, oh, we'll put a soccer guy and a basketball player together and see how things work really? out. So uh, we became best of friends and uh, business partners. Uh, we uh, both were business majors. We left uh, college knowing that we wanted to keep in touch and maybe get into a business someday. He went to work for uh, IBM. I left and uh, went to work for Motorola, both in sales. You know, so our background is sales. And this
0: was where on the East Coast?
2: On the East Coast. Okay. Uh, we were both in, in Philadelphia based in Philadelphia Right. and uh, I left Motorola after a, a great sales training program and went into uh, work for uh, uh, Mobile Oil. Really? And so I managed, for, for Mobile, uh, 20 gas stations, okay? Where there were independent owners and I basically owned the sign and the fuel in the ground. Right. So I helped, I worked with them from a business standpoint to help them grow their business, become profitable. Um, and I saw, like, wow, this is a great idea. I, I really like uh, being my own man and you know running my own business. Originally, I was going to buy a mobile gas station in New Hope, Pennsylvania. Really? And it was a little bit of a conflict of interest, and th- the deal didn't go through. Um, so I kind of continued on, but I didn't really like the, the mobile oil. It uh, was, was really like working for the government. Uh, it wasn't really a true small business per se.
0: Right, because you're really dependent on what's happening with the— the conglomerate
2: oh uh, yes i mean everything was controlled by the government a lot of red tape so uh, from there i I left there and i went into the medical field and i went became a sales manager for smith klein clinical labs in philadelphia Um, and it was the it was the the small piece of smith klein the pharmaceutical company right we're only ten thousand people we were the most profitable division of the company Hmm. so we were the ones that did you know all the lab testing, all those little boxes and milk boxes that are out at doctors' offices. Oh, okay. And uh, kind of, and, and Rob and I kept in touch and remained friends, and we're trying to talk. We were thinking about a business, and we we're thinking about like transporting people to and fro the airport, limousine service, things like that. And we talked to a lot of people, and it really didn't work out. So we decided, uh, you know, let's keep keep looking at someone and then we said well let's put a date on it so we put a date of September 15th 1994 that we were going to start something no matter what it was by 94 by ninety-four. this is the date
1: that's hilarious and
2: uh we kind of came across an article in uh ink magazine of a company called Connecticut Courier and long and short of it Rob knew someone who knew someone who knew somebody who knew the owner so uh we made an appointment went up and visit them in Connecticut and, um, they gave us, uh, you know, great information said, uh, Philadelphia is a great place to have a courier company. So we went back to Philly and said, okay, we're gonna start a courier company in Philadelphia. And so September
0: you started? September
2: 15th, 1994, no we started a courier company in the basement of my house. Oh, and, wow. You know, every day we'd wake up and, uh, cause we were sales guys, we weren't operational guys, Right. we had a sales plan. And our plan was, you know, from eight o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock, we're gonna pick up the phone to make cold calls. And then when the first delivery comes in, we'd flip a coin two out and go and do the delivery. <laughs> so for the first, you know, from se- from September fifteenth, ninety four to the end of the year we did three thousand five hundred dollars in revenue. Not a lot of revenue, not a, a lot of money and, being made. Well at that and point. even in
0: ninety four, that's you know, despite inflation or whatever, that's that's not still wonderful money. No, it was not. Coming <laughs> likely from where you'd
2: been. So uh, you know, we, we really struggled and we questioned whether we made the right decision. But we hung in there, and we kind of. You know, the next year, we did two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars in revenue. So we saw progress and saw opportunity, and then we'll progress. You know, eight years later, we uh, we purchased one of our competitors in Philadelphia, the another, courier company, another courier okay. company that we purchased in Philadelphia. And about the same time, one of our largest courier customers called us out of the blue and said, uh, "I got a hundred boxes that I need you to store," and we said, "Well, you know, we're not in the storage business; we're in the delivery business." Right. And he goes, oh, okay, and you know, a week or two goes by, he calls us back again, he goes, I need you to store these 100 boxes, you need to come pick them up. And we said, we're not, you know, we're not in the, we're not in the storage business, we're in the, we're in the delivery business. Calls us a third time and says, you know, you guys gotta be here tomorrow to pick these things up, or, or I'm gonna find a new courier company. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we said, oh, uh, you know, okay, well, you know, we came and picked them up and put them in our office and they paid us seven years in advance for storage. We just kind of came up with a number. What do you think we should pay? Uh, and what do you think you should pay? And so you
0: didn't you didn't go out and say, as somebody else, have a model like this. You didn't go looking for that. You just went, okay, well, it's a number out of the blue.
2: It was it was really we asked the customer what he what they should pay us. Really, and they said, well, this is what we'll pay you for seven years. And we said, that, that sounds great. Done. It wasn't it wasn't a lot of money, but we were more concerned about keeping the customers a delivery customer. Right. So we were storing these boxes and and one of our salespeople comes in and brings on a new account. And it was a large record storage company that we were doing all the deliveries for in Philadelphia. And we were doing about 100 to 150 deliveries a day. Wow. And then we had a lot of customers calling us saying, you guys are doing all the delivery, all the deliveries. That's the hard part. The storage part's kind of the easy part. So that kind of opened our eyes to it. Uh, And so we said, you know, let's do some more research. And that's really at that point we hooked up with City Storage and Norm Brodsky. because okay. Norm Brotsky started a courier company in Philadelphia right. called Perfect Courier. Right. So we, my partner and I, Rob, followed him on in Ink Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I called Norm Brotsky out of the blue and said, "I, you know, two guys from Philadelphia started a courier company looking to get in the record storage business." And he said, uh, "Be in my office tomorrow morning at ten a.m." Wow. So we went up to his office, and uh, he spent about four or five hours with us reviewing the business, and uh, and then I went back to his office about uh, it was probably three or four months later, and worked for him for about two weeks. Really, in the operational no side. No way. Just, just learning about the business and learning everything about it. Oh, that's so it. cool. So that kind of you know catapulted us into the business, and then we said uh, again, it was uh, it was September of two thousand one. Uh, that we decided we were going to start the record storage business. Oh, that's great. Great was, story.
0: So how many courier, uh, I mean, cause a lot of times courier companies are how many vehicles you're running, I, mm-hmm. like how many vehicles would you've been running when you started the record storage company?
2: Uh, back then we were probably running about 200. Wow. So we're
0: running, so over the eight years of growing the courier company, you had significantly grown.
2: Yes. Yeah. Wow.
0: That's a great story. So you get into the records business, Norm Brodsky city storage helps you to kind of figure this out and you jump into that. how did you get this thing rolling?
2: Well, in our business, it's all about people. It's always been about people. We have really good customers. We have really good people in our organization. Yeah. So, uh, fortunately we've always provided good service in our, in our courier business and we were able to leverage that and go back to those existing customers and talk to them about record storage. And uh, there was a there was a need in Philadelphia that that was really uh, wasn't harnessed. Yeah. Um, you know there wasn't there wasn't salespeople out talking to customers, is what we found. And uh, well,
0: because because probably at that point the the industry was still pretty much you put your boxes in this building and you have no you know, it's kind of a hidden mm-hmm. black voodoo kind of thing, right? Well, well
2: I, you know also I think we hit the market at the right time in Philadelphia. Right. Um, there was a lot of uh, not consolidation yet, but there are a lot of people talking about consolidation. So when you start talking about consolidation, a lot of times you forget about your business. You just really working right. working on selling it. Right. So there was an opportunity there. And I th- and we were, we were in the right position at the right time. And you know, we had, we had 4,000 customers already in our courier business. Oh. So we were leveraging those customers at the same time. You know, we had been in business for, you know, seven or eight years Learning how to operate a business. Right. Uh and making customer making contact with customers and
0: so were you and Rob still really doing the selling?
2: Uh, not at that point. I mean I uh it was about four years into the business. Uh I was the operations guy and Rob's was Rob was a sales guy. Okay. And then we, we we switched roles. We were kind of unhappy with how the business was going, we were unhappy with our position, mm. so we switched roles and I became the sales guy, he became the operations guy. Wow. So um, I was still. Is that because you were a soccer and he was basketball? <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> when we switched when we switched the roles, um, I took on a different. I, I, I took the sales uh, team in a different direction. Uh, he came from a background of IBM. Was, uh, you know, it was um, the sales philosophy at IBM was not not necessarily an order taker, but you know, I, it was IBM. You right. walk in the door your IBM you're yeah. going to get a meeting who doesn't do
0: business with IBM
2: correct right. uh, so and, and when I came from Smith Klein and and uh, Motorola at the time I and mean, it was it was knocking on doors right hustle a hustle all the yeah. time uh, so we changed that philosophy over to you know you got to be out hustling we hired those type of people that were gonna sell for us John Raydell was a perfect example okay uh, he started he started with us now 13 years ago no sales background at all we kind of trained him. The way we wanted him to be trained oh okay, okay so he he became the hustle guy he our uh, philosophy has always been to uh hire athletes in our sales department so he was a as in legitimate athletes a legitimate athletes so he was a football player in college Seriously. so uh he he took to the competitive side really well wow so has that been that model uh supported you because of that competitive instinct that they have I think that model has worked great for us. I mean that's been our philosophy from the beginning is to try to hire competitive people in our sales department and uh athletes are very competitive yeah it's it's
0: kind of bred into them it is from an early age and and obviously the two of you as the founders of the company came from that that side of the the fence as well. It's not like you were you were um you know pencil pushers you're athletes just the way you live mm mm-hmm. So how, how then you, you're, you've got this, this blossoming courier company that's flying. You've got a startup record storage company that you're selling a lot to your existing clients. So tell me about the growth of the, the, the records business. How are you? Where are you now? What's, what's some of the stuff that sort of has transpired over the last number of years?
2: Well, when we, when we first started the business uh, in the records business, we were learning. Yeah. I mean, we uh, we kind of we got another building for, away from our courier business. I was the only guy in that building for two years. In the records, <laughs> I was the guy would out there walk in the warehouse and look at the empty racks and and question what I was doing. <laughs> uh, but then we we, we kind of realized that we can't just build it and they'll come. Yeah. Uh, so we had to kind of retrench, and went back to the sales department, and uh, and John. Rydell, who's my sales manager today, and Derek Ryder, who's been with us 12 years in the sales department. They, When we started the records business, we started with them as minority owners uh, because they were our sales people in our oh, career okay. business. So we had them as minority owners. They each owned 10% of the business. Sweet. So um, their goal and their drive was to bring on customers. And, so
0: we, and as a minority owner, there's a whole lot more in, in play then.
2: Yes. Oh, that's uh, sweet. And it, and it was, you know, we were all putting cash in. We were all putting cash in every month uh, because it was, we weren't making any money and we had bills to pay. Yeah. You know, we had rent to pay. We had utilities to pay. We had insurance to pay. We had racky payment, racking payments oh, to yeah. pay. So once we were all contributing, everyone started to feel the pain. So we knew the only way we were going to get over that pain was to go out and bring on customers.
0: And to me, that's when the, the, the whole model of the athlete, lines up because that's that's the very essence of what it means to be an athlete right yes yeah. you, you you get to that point where you've got to push you got to push mm-hmm. uh you're well, up
2: again. you know an, an athlete's mainly an athlete's philosophy is, is never give up right I and mean, they're just gonna they're gonna win they're gonna keep fighting till the end and uh and john and derek have that you know they have great people skills and they have good sales uh training so they they understand the the, the philosophy of how to bring on business
0: so did did during the so you're walking empty racks you're trying to figure out how to do this was there you're you're up against the wall you're putting your own money in was there a point when something transitioned for you
2: when a change happened the the biggest change that happened for us is when uh we had we had a small bank big bank in philadelphia but a small bank uh in the world uh kind of took a chance on us you know they had fifteen thousand boxes oh yeah they're real unhappy with their current vendor and they said, you know, um, you know, we've used these, this company for the courier business. We're going to give them a chance. So they moved over all their new boxes to us. They loved their service. Then they decided they're, they're going to move all their existing boxes from an old vendor over to us. So that was kind of the catapult that got oh, okay. us, that got us going and got us moving. And then the other, the next big step was in this process. Once we got into the business, we decided, hey, we really need to own our own real estate. We need to build our own building. So we rented this building uh, that was not far from our courier business, but we were building a brand new facility right next to the building we were renting. Uh. So once you know, we were bringing all these prospects in and we take them to our rented facility, but we'd also show them where we were building right. our new building. Right. And it, and, and really once we built that building, because you know, a lot of prospects told us, you know, when you're, when you're in your new building let us know we'll come over and look at it and we'll go from there so once we made that transition and it also sent a message to our employees because we're all back under one roof that we're really in this business it wasn't make believe it wasn't just Jerry going to sit in an empty warehouse and no one knew about it but this new building was only for records it was it was only for records from a from the record stand from the uh, record center standpoint But the office was a shared office and it is a shared office today as well. For all
0: of the priority companies. Yes.
2: Okay, cool. So, uh, you know, mainly, uh, you know, it's 9,000 square feet of office space and then 50,000 square feet of record center space.
0: So that building process then really brings a cohesiveness to you as a group. It solidifies the customer relationship. But going from a rented space to filling 50,000 square feet is a feat to itself so what what kind of kept that ball rolling
2: well the uh the owner contributions went up (laughs) (laughs) so we had a lot we our expenses went up we had a beautiful building yeah but it was empty but we we're still paying a lot of money, and if not more money. But the man,
0: courier company wasn't feeding this. The courier company is a separate
2: entity. The courier company is a separate entity, and it's owned by different owners. So Rob and I own the courier business. John and Derek are, right. own, are minority owners in the in the records business. Got it. Uh, but we all, you know, we all had a passion to make this thing work. Yeah. And Now we had, you know, we we had a, really our a reputation online. We built this building. We've moved everyone all into one location. And now we got to make it work because we don't need this building for our courier business, right? You know, we don't store anything in our courier business, right. so um, you know the drive and the passion was there to make it work. And you know, fortunately for us, again, it goes back to our people. We have good people. We have good customers, right? That believe in us because we provide them great service. Yeah. Uh, so that was a lot of that. You know, it kind of everything, all the you know the stars oh, yeah. and the moon lined up together to make it happen. Well, and
0: obviously it's it continues to happen. So you jumped into shredding as well. Yes. When did that happen?
2: Uh, We start. Well, we've been doing shredding, you know, uh, since the beginning of our records business. Right, because it's part parcel of the game. But we but we spun it off uh, two years ago now. Okay. So we spun that off as a separate entity two years ago.
0: So if you could look at all of this as you know, you, you've, you start in the courier, you, you learn from outside, you got some advice, uh, you dove in, you've paid the price, and you look back at all of this. If you could go back and start at the beginning again, what would you do differently?
2: Uh, I wish, uh, I would have started the records business and the courier business at the same time in 94. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was, the, the companies, there was a lot of synergy to them, and we probably could have started them both at the same time. I think there were greater opportunities in 94 in the records business than there are, than there are in 2000 and even the, 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 yeah. uh, And that,
0: that six years would have been,
2: it it would have blown us a lot. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, so I think, you know, that's one change, uh, probably would have made, I mean, there, there's plenty of them, but uh, you know, that would have been a, I wish we would have known what we know now. Yeah. So what,
0: what are the secrets of success? I, I think one of them for you based on this conversation is the right people getting the the athletic competitive type people who really drive it especially in the sell side uh, what other secrets have been really the catalyst to the incredible success you guys have had
2: well I one of the biggest thing the secrets really is having the right partner I mean uh, okay. I have a great partner in, in Rob you know we've been we were roommates for three years yeah. we've been partners for now they're going on our 18th year wow uh, and we kind of stay out of each other's way I mean, we really do. We divide and conquer. Yeah, um, and we surround ourselves with good people, and we continue to try to find good people. Uh, fortunately, I have a great family and wife that that, that provide great support as well. Yeah, and that's that's big.
0: It's it's funny because as you were telling your story, one of the things. Uh, I hear regularly with entrepreneurs is sort of that, that years of trying to figure themselves out in terms of other, at other people's expense mm-hmm. on, on the payroll. And then things start lining up. And all of a sudden, all those years start having significant impact on where you go. Uh, and it, it's a cool story in terms of it, it's an entrepreneurial story. Uh, so what are the dreams what's the plan what's are, are you uh, are you building bigger are you kind of living in the Brodsky ski uh, mode of stick to your your market and dominate it um, are you sort of planning on you know taking over the East Coast what's where's the goals
2: no I mean our our, our plan has always been that we're gonna continue to expand when when it's right okay you know we really want to have customers we want to expand with our customers we don't want to open up in Florida or Texas, you know. Right. We kind of want to. We want to have uh, markets that are connected together that we can service. Uh, we've opened up in um, in North Jersey, you know. Philadelphia guy calls North Jersey Edison, which right. uh, a New Yorker would call that South Jersey. Right. Uh, so we've opened a courier company up in uh, up in Edison, New Jersey, which is our North Jersey market, which services Manhattan and North Jersey. Okay. Uh, we've opened another courier company up in Lehigh Valley, servicing the Allentown, Bethlehem, Easton area. Oh, okay. Uh, so you're
0: you're 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 creating some expansion.
2: Yes, but within reach. Within reach. Right. Everything we, we can service, uh, and at the same time, we're 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 building uh, business for our records business. You know, we're getting customers in those other other markets. Uh, We have opened a record center up in uh, the Edison, New Jersey area to service uh, that market. And that's very new. It just happened in January of 2011. And we continue to add to that. Um, South, we are moving south into uh, lower Delaware in the Baltimore area with our courier business, mainly because of our customers. Oh, okay. Uh, We don't see us, we really don't see us moving down there from a record standpoint right now, unless uh, unless we can find someone that we can acquire. Yeah, okay. uh we're not looking to start from you know right <laughs> grassroots down there yeah. it's a it's a tough business to start from ground up oh yeah uh, as you know as <laughs> so i know but we're, you know we also realize you know we're we're a tiny records business in philadelphia i mean we're 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 a big player but we're tiny compared to the iron mountains of the world <laughs> and yeah the, uh, and the other players that are in our market uh but you know we're doing very well in philadelphia uh we have 800 over eight hundred thousand boxes and uh we're going to continue to service our customers and and grow that market. And we bought a second building two years ago, wow. one hundred and fifty thousand square foot building that uh, we're about seventy percent full on.
0: And this is on top of the fifty that you already yes. hit. Uh, Way so to go! They're,
2: so they're within a mile of each other, um, and uh, gives us uh, capacity. We we have capacity probably for the next three years. Oh, that's great! Uh, so we're kind of you know we, we could fill it in six months, uh, but it may take us three years. Our plan is to. It will take us no more than three years. Hopefully we can do it in six months.
0: Oh, that's that's so. It's it's a great story, and uh, I, I appreciate you telling it because I, I think one of the cool things is when uh, you hear somebody else's story. There's there's hope for, <laughs> because there's so many people that that tell me they listen to the show and they're just starting out where you are. They're standing in an empty warehouse, looking at you know empty walls and empty shelves with with no boxes on them. Going, how are we ever going to achieve this? And uh, yours is a story of of making it happen. But I I love the whole concept of hiring athletes. That's such a cool idea. Uh, we are blowing through time, but I always like to ask some sort of fun personal questions to people who are on the show. So, if you had a magical day to do anything you wanted, uh, you had no responsibility, no requirements, what what would you do with it?
2: Probably spend time with my family. You know, uh, my I got three beautiful girls and my wife, and got two dogs, and we like to we like to travel. I'm a private private pilot, so. We fly uh, to different destinations. Oh, and, that's uh, great! You know, last uh, spring break we uh, we flew down the, down to the East Coast and down Florida and out to the Bahamas and and, and back. Uh, so we really enjoy doing that. So inadvertently, your
0: plane lands in a desert island because you're low on fuel and you have to land on the desert island. And you pull out your iPod, you know, your MP3 player, and there's only one disc on that that's your favorite. Which disc is it? <laughs> Probably Neil Diamond. <laughs> Neil Diamond. Wow, <laughs> haven't heard that one before. Uh, I I am uh, I'm convinced that leaders are readers, or they're constantly taking stuff in. What are you taking in right now? That's really driving your your passion, driving your brain waves. What's What's kind of the the flow right now? What's keeping you focused?
2: For the last three years, I mean, I can knock on knock on wood. We've been real lucky. We have been very very busy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's really focused on our business. Most of the world is not doing very well. Um, I mean, our business has been going gangbusters and, uh, we're really focused on that business right now and making it happen. And And we're really trying to get the right people in the right seats on the bus, uh, is our philosophy. And we are really about all the, our business is all about people. Yeah. So uh, the more we're able to get good people the better we will be in the long run. And that's really what our focus is right now. Well, man,
0: it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, thanks for sharing your story with us. Thanks for sharing your your passion about it and uh, continued success. I know you're doing great things.
2: All right. Thank you very much. All right. Enjoy.
0: Yeah, well, that was a good one. Thanks uh, to Jerry for sharing his story, the priority story. I, I love the love the concept of hiring athletes with competitive instincts. I I think that's such a cool idea. Uh, and that's an idea that maybe you'll be able to take and use in your own business. Hey, thanks to you too for joining us today. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, share with us. I hope these interviews, uh, these conversations that I have with really cool people from the industry help you, give you some uh, perspective, give you some ideas, give you some kind of thing that you can do something with, and more than that, I just hope it helps you in your day to get a different perspective. Hey, finally, let me say uh, this show has been sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. What continues to impress me about this company, and I said it at the beginning of the show, is is their sort of DNA, which is progressively moving stuff forward in the industry. And uh, I love that about them. I love their dedication to great products, to great customer support and service. But that area of new development, uh, constantly pushing the envelope in terms of what's possible, uh, in terms of helping record centers uh, have a great product to offer their customers is what they're all about so if you need to learn more about them you can do so at oneilsoft.com well that's it for us hope you have a great week we'll check back in next week we
1: are out of here thanks for joining us on the rim pro report with tom adams If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.